Blog Talk Radio. You're a mystical man. Lead us through sacred land. In the magic, the magic of life. You're a shaman that leads all the people to Open to receive the magic of life. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Go Within or Go Without Radio. I am your host, Daniel Gutierrez, and I really just thank you for taking time early this Sunday morning. And for those of you around the world that are in Monday, Monday afternoon or Monday night, uh, I'm excited today. I've got an incredible guest today, but before we get on with our show, I do want to remind you that I... We, there's still time to get into um, our spiritual journey to Peru in June, and then obviously the um, I have a trip coming up in July as well. And uh, you know these are the kinds of things that you just got to jump on and sometimes do something for yourself. So if you're interested in going, go to my website danielgutierrez.com, go to global events, and you will see the dates. On the second trip in July, we're actually going to be taking a week into the Amazon to visit a shaman that I know, uh, kind of interesting. He's never left the jungle, but somehow he and I are able to Skype, so <laughs> I'm always amazed by that stuff. But anyway, let's get on with our, our interview because we have a lot to talk about today. Today I have Leonard Perlmutter, uh, and he is the founder and director of the American um, Meditation Institute in Arville Park, New York. He serves as the author and editor of Transformation, the Journal of Meditation as Body, my, uh, body and Mind Medicine. Over the past 39 years, Leonard has served on the faculties of the New England Institute of Arvedic Medicine in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Internal Himalayan Yoga Teacher Association in Calgary, Canada. He studied in Rishkosh, India, and is a direct disciple of Swami Rama of the Himalayans, the man who in laboratory conditions at the Mignor Institute demonstrated that blood pressure, heart rate, and atomic nervous system can be voluntarily controlled. That's amazing. These research demonstrations have been one of the major cornerstones of the mind-body movement. He's also presented informative workshops on the benefits of meditation and yoga science at the MD Anderson's Cancer Center. Wow. I mean, we have a guest today. Welcome to the show, Leonard. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation, Daniel. Oh, you bet. You know, we we have some exciting things to talk about today, but uh, you know, one of the things that that I, I that I was really excited to talk to you about was what, what is yoga essentially a science? And what does that mean? I mean, how do we I love what we just your bio talks about being able to control your heart rate and and these bodily functions and and I agree with that because I always tell people nowadays if they if they check, you know, everyone's got a Fitbit, a Fit something on their wrist. And if they just check their heart rate, they'll recognize whether they're centered or not because it's either going to be high or at where it's supposed to be. Tell us about yoga. Well, you are correct. Uh, yoga is essentially a science. It's, it is, as you mentioned, the oldest form of mind-body medicine in the world. Uh, and it, it provides us a template, a scientific template for experiencing happiness, health, and security in the world. But 
before we begin the practice of yoga science, an individual first must be willing to use his or her own mind, body, sense complex as a personal laboratory uh, in which to undertake the scientific experiments. Then, if, if they're willing to experiment with their own mind, their own body, their own senses, then what they need to establish and create and employ is called the bridge of yoga. And mm. the more that they can do that, they can access inner wisdom to experience and discover the truth and verify the truth in their own lives. So mm. the bridge of yoga, uh, yoga, of course, means union. And the bridge of yoga that helps us in the work of the experiments in yoga science, the bridge of yoga is really, it's a metaphoric bridge. Uh, it inspires us and instructs us to connect our outer actions, that means thoughts, words, and, and deeds, with our own inner intuitive wisdom, our own inner knowledge. And in each and every experiment that we do in yoga science, there's a hypothesis. And that hypothesis says that when you use the bridge of yoga, in other words, when you receive this truth from your inner wisdom and you employ it through your thoughts, your words, and your actions, the hypothesis is you'll feel better. You'll feel better physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And at the same time, mm. interestingly, Daniel, the corollary to this hypothesis is also tested. In other words, when we do not use the bridge of yoga and our actions conflict with our inner wisdom, then we experience increasing amounts of stress, dis-ease, and pain. Mm. That's amazing. I, 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 wanna, I think there's a huge disconnect in our world today, and, and this is something I wanted to really get into to, for the audience I don't think people see yoga as a science. They see it as recreation. I mean, I often talk about the institutionalization of spirituality, you know, where if you do this or you do that, you're cool. I mean, what do you have to say about that? I mean, how do we get those people to understand that what they're doing, even though it, it does help them, I think they have, the, they have a, a wrong precept about it. Well, I am not surprised that the first aspect of yoga science is the physical exercises. We happen to have and live in a culture that is a, a physical culture. So it's perfectly, mm -hmm. uh, makes perfect sense to me that the first aspect of yoga science that people uh, begin to practice is the, is the physical aspects. Uh, and, you know, your, your show is called Go Within or Go Without. And that mm -hmm. really is, is sort of the slogan of yoga science. Uh, <laughs> that's what the bridge of yoga is all about. When we have a relationship, and it doesn't matter what the relationship is, every relationship requires that we take an action. That's what relationship means. If I have a relationship with a thought, if I have a relationship with my wife or my husband or my partner or my child or the president of the United States, it means I have to do something. I'm going to I'm going to take a physical action. I'm going to I'm going to uh, say a word, or I'm going to think something. And every time we take an action of those sorts, 
a consequence develops. That's that that became Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there's an equal reaction. Mm-hmm. So it just so happens that we all want to be uh, we want to be happy, we want to be healthy, and we want to be secure. Okay, everybody wants that. Well, the question right. is, how are we going to get to point B from point A? And what yoga science says simply is, before you commit your assets in this relationship, before you think, before you speak, before you act, go within. Because if you go within, Mm. you'll be able to access your inner wisdom to determine what to think, what to say, and how to act in this relationship that will enable you to fulfill the purpose of your life without pain, misery, or bondage. But if you don't go within, then you're going without the best available (laughs) intelligence that you have access to. And that means that you're going to think, you're going to speak, and you're going to act based on the stored power of the unconscious mind. You'll think, speak, and act based on fear, anger, selfish desires that conflict with inner wisdom. And the consequence, instead of being happiness, health, and security will be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual dis-ease or pain. And if you don't heed the lesson of pain at a low decibel level, it'll get louder and louder and louder until, figure it out, just like in Groundhog Day, the movie, and you start going yes. within instead of keep on going without. Mm. You know, it's interesting, Leonard, I, and, and I, I don't know what it was in my life that got me to this place. I, I have not. Uh, I, I've read about yoga. I have not practiced yoga, the physical yoga, but there's a lot of yoga that I'm understanding now after looking through your book that I do practice. And, and one of those is that many years ago, I realized that if I could go in and control my heart rate, that if I can go in and control my calmness, that I was able to stay more even keeled throughout the day. And my decision-making was more powerful, as you were saying. And so my heart rate, my blood pressure, all these things, when I go into the doctor, he's always going, what do you do that your your heart rate is below the national average for a man your age and your blood pressure is fine? And and I just tell him, I said, I just see it that way. I see it that way. And, and so I, I love what you're saying because this is really, in a chaotic world that we live in, the way we find ourselves to some sort of peace and tranquility, which is, I think, what I hear a lot of people looking for in this because we're so chaotic. You and I share um, something that uh, that I like, and that is that we, we both love Einstein. What did yes, Einstein have right. to do with yoga? Yeah, I love Einstein. <laughs> well, uh, Einstein uh, says the same thing that you say when you say go within or go, or go without. Uh, Einstein says mm. that a problem cannot be solved on the level at which it appears. It can only be solved on a higher level. And so the point is that within the matrix of our conscious mind and unconscious mind and the body and the senses, within that matrix, we cannot solve our problems. Einstein says that a problem cannot be solved on the level at which it appears. It has to be solved on a higher level. And so the human being, unlike every other animal, has a conscience. Now, the yeah. conscience is, is a very interesting instrument of the mind. It acts as a mirror, which means our conscience uh, has a reflective quality. 
And what the conscience reflects is the super-conscious portion of the mind. Beyond the conscious, beyond the unconscious, lies the super-conscious mind. It's the same portion of the mind where Albert Einstein saw mathematical equations. It's the same portion of the mind where Paul McCartney hears beautiful melodies. So if mm. we can use the bridge of yoga to go within, to access this inner wisdom through our conscience, and then take that wisdom, then go without, but armed with the wisdom of what to think, what to say, how to act in the world, that is going to lead us for our highest and greatest good. And it's mm. the conscience that's the conduit between this world and the inner world. I love that. Yes, you know, it's kind it. of interesting. And, and, it, and it loves us, Daniel. It, it yeah, loves us. Yeah. <laughs> if and, we can and, serve. And the, yeah, and the quote that you gave of Einstein is so misquoted. It's so yeah. misquoted because what you said was correctly what he said. What I hear, what I've heard said is, uh, what is the quote? Is, is we cannot solve the problems with the same thinking. Mm -hmm. You're talking about much more than thinking. Yes, You're talking about right. reaching a higher self, right? That's so, right. It's a higher level what, of consciousness. It's, it's intuition that, that comes to us through uh, the conscience. So it's outside the matrix. And, and then we can think about it once it comes into our conscious mind. You know, you see, I at, at don't know what's – just a minute, Leonard. I don't know what's going on with the show, but it looks like it's somehow going to cut me off. Oh, no. Um, boy, this is what happens when you have live radio, folks. <laughs> uh, well, it's a thrill a minute. I, we just getting going here. If it cuts us off, Leonard, we will come back and do this show again. I apologize for this. I'm not sure what's going on. Folks, go to the AmericanMeditation.org and look him up. His book is The Heart and Science of Yoga, Empire and Self-Care Program for a Happy, Healthy, and a Joyful Life. Can I get another show with you? Can, I, can we reschedule this? Because this is going to cut me off for some reason. Absolutely. Leonard, I appreciate yeah. that. I have no idea, but it just somehow it just told me I had 90 seconds. And I'm going, what? <laughs> what do you mean I have 90 seconds? All right. Well, it is what it is. I'm not going to sweat it. You and I will get well, maybe, I'm send maybe you it, on a Maybe minute. it won't we'll, go off. Maybe it won't go off. Yeah. But if it does, All right, let's you can just get keep in touch going. with me. All right, let's That's just right. keep going. Yeah. So, um, what got you into this? Yoga and science and meditation. What? Well, uh, first of all, I was always very philosophically oriented, even as a child. Uh, mm. And when I was, was when I was a young person in grade school and high school, I was in the Cub Scouts and I was in the Boy Scouts. And in in my experience with scouting, uh, I learned practical tools, skills to deal with whatever. In fact, the, the slogan of, the, uh, of scouting was be prepared. And yeah. we were taught to be prepared for just about anything. And when I began to uh, discover yoga science, I felt like this was just an extension of scouts that yoga science was now providing me the, the new tools that I needed to deal with all of these complicated issues that I deal with as a human mm. being. And I'm very it's grateful. It's so funny you, 
It's so funny you're bringing up scouts. As a matter of fact, I'm going up to pick up my son from his scouting right after the show. <laughs> Is that right? That's, well, uh, it's a wonderful yeah, way to yeah. learn. It's a wonderful way to teach uh, the young folks uh, uh, practical skills uh, and how to apply them. And that's, and that's what yoga science and meditation does. In meditation, when we sit to meditate once or twice a day, we are creating four distinct skills that we can use in every relationship. The first skill that mm. we learn in meditation is one-pointed attention. One-pointed attention provides us access to our creative wisdom. I know that there's a lot of uh, chatter in the culture about multitasking, but if the truth mm -hmm. be known, it's impossible for a human being to multitask. It's impossible to do two things at the same time. In order to provide us the delusion that we're multitasking, adrenaline has to surge through the body. That hormone has to go through the whole body to provide the mind the speed to go back and forth between two objects. But that adrenaline, not only providing us the speed, but it also depresses the immune system and it depresses the mind. So one-pointed attention is what we learn in meditation. And with one-pointed attention, we, we gain a second skill, Daniel, and that second skill is we increase the space between stimulus and response. Mm. That helps us to slow down things so that we can go within and use our conscience to access this intuitive wisdom. So with meditation, we, we gain the skill of one-pointed attention. We learn to increase the space between stimulus and response, which is detachment, and then we gain discrimination because we use, by going within first, before we act outside, we gain wisdom from the superconscious portion of the mind. And the fourth skill that we gain in meditation every day is we increase the muscles of our willpower. So one point mm. of attention, detachment, discrimination, and willpower are four tools that we are gifted through our meditation practice, then when I go throughout the day in every single relationship that requires an action that's going to bring about a consequence, I have one-pointed attention, I have detachment, uh, increase the space between stimulus and response, I have access to the superconscious mind so I know how to discriminate in making choices, and I also have the necessary willpower to do what's to be done and not do what's not to be done. Hmm. That is, folks, today we are talking about the heart and science of yoga, a book that it's the second edition of this book. And please go out and look at it or go on to a site while we're here on the show at AmericanMeditation.org, or you can actually get the book on Amazon.com. But I do have to ask you a question about this book because I am holding it right now, and it is big. What do we do with this? Do we have to read this? <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, when I first got it, I mean, I said, what is this big package in my mail? You know, and then I opened it up uh -huh. and I saw this book. But once I got into it, I thought, oh, my gosh, how, where do I start? Well, you can start wherever you're at. Uh, it's very mm. conversational. Uh, it, yes, it's, it's very comprehensive, so it looks like an encyclopedia. But if the truth be known, human beings 
are complicated animals. We have a lot of different kinds of relationships. We have a relationship uh, with our mind. We have a relationship with desires. We have a relationship with concepts. We have uh, mm-hmm. a relationship with with uh, emotions. We have uh, relationships with people. We have relationships with the media. We have relationships uh, uh, with uh, the environment. We're complicated. And so yoga science is uh, an umbrella science that teaches us in a very easy manner to learn how to meditate so that we can experience the skill of one-pointed attention, detachment, discrimination, and willpower so that we can access inner wisdom and then apply it in every relationship. And the book, The Heart and Science of Yoga, teaches us how to do that in all sorts of relationships, whether it's physical exercise or whether it's breathing. You know, well, you talked earlier, Daniel, about uh, uh, you feel much better when the mind is calm. Well, one of the definitions mm-hmm. uh, one of the definitions of yoga is evenness of mind. And so, when we when we ask the mind to calm down, the mind cannot calm down if we just ask it. But interestingly, right. if we if we can calm the breath, it automatically calms the mind. And so, breathing practices then becomes another uh, area of yoga science that we can learn how to benefit from. So there's, there's different aspects uh, of, of yoga science that are contained. But you can just start uh, with things that are very easy. In yoga science, if it's not easy, it will not be right. It has to be easy to be right. And if it's right, it will be easy. So the highest mm. principle is non-injury, non-harming. And that translates into... When you read this book, when you begin your path of uh, practicing yoga science and meditation, don't take on too much too soon. Mm. Start with seemingly insignificant no-brainers. Every journey starts with a single step. Just take a single step, practice that, experience the truth of what you're practicing, and then if you have the desire, take another step. But don't don't be led that. by the ego. Don't be led by the ego that says, well, "Gee, if you don't read this whole book and you don't memorize this whole book and you don't That's meditate right. <laughs> for a half hour in the morning and a half hour at night, then uh, then you're a failure." The ego but don't try <laughs> only has uh, has a limited perspective. It's often wrong, but it's never in doubt, and it's up to each of us to educate the ego when it's accurate and when it's not accurate. And the only way that we can do that is if we go within. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I got a question for you that I think is one that I, I think I, I would love to hear the definition of. I, I had the honor of um, uh, being in a ceremony with a Sanskrit priest on a, at, at a coffee plantation overlooking the Himalayas a few years ago. And just as we were ready to go, he says to me in his very broken English, do you know guru? And I think what he was saying is, do you know the definition? And we never finished the conversation. So I'm going to ask you, what is the term guru? Can you define that for us? I sure can. Guru uh, is the universal force of light that dispels darkness. 
So hmm. in the midst of every relationship, every every object that we have a relationship with, whether it's our uh, our body or someone else's body or uh, an apple uh, or a tree, everything is comprised of five essential elements, space, air, fire, water, and earth. You put them together in different configurations and you get different forms with which we have relationship. Well, in every single relationship, there's a sixth invisible element that is woven into the tapestry of that relationship, and that and that sixth subtle element is called guru, the universal force of light that dispels darkness. And so what that means is in every relationship that we have, when a person comes into our lives and they make a suggestion to us, that is considered the outer guru. So when when a person comes to us, either that we know personally or secondarily through the media, because we have lots of relationships with people that we have never met, but yet they're making suggestions Mm -hmm. on how we should live our lives, you know, this whole celebrity uh, culture of ours. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when the outer guru happens to be in harmony, in harmony with the inner guru, when the, when the suggestion from outside of us is in harmony with the wisdom that is within us, then the outer guru is to be honored and respected and served in mind, action, and speech, and will be led for our highest and greatest good. That's why Jesus, speaking as the Christ, says, I am the way, I am the light. Mm-hmm. But we also have relationships with people and, and situations where the outer guru makes a suggestion that conflicts with the inner guru. When the outer guru makes a suggestion that conflicts with the inner guru, our own inner wisdom, we still have to honor and respect the outer guru as a teacher. And then, because the outer guru's suggestion conflicts with the inner guru, we are obligated to reject that suggestion. Because at that moment, the outer guru has come to us to teach us what not to do, how not to live our life. Mm, and that's why I that's why I tell people one of my most important gurus in my whole life has been Elvis Presley. <laughs> when I was when I was ten years old, Daniel, I fell in love with Elvis Presley. When I was twenty, when I was thirty, when I was forty, I loved him. When I was fifty and sixty, I loved him. I love Elvis Presley today, and because I have loved Elvis Presley, I have given him a lot of attention. Because I gave him a lot of attention, I was able to observe the types of decisions he made and the types of actions that he took. And those actions that he took that were in conflict with my inner wisdom taught me how not to live my life. And I am eternally grateful to that teacher who came into my life to teach me that I do not have to touch every burner on the stove to know which ones are hot and which ones are not. <laughs> I love that. Leonard, we're, we got about three minutes. How do we find you? Can, they, can people come to your institute and learn from you? You bet. Uh, we're located in Averill Park, New York, which is outside of Albany by uh, uh, the uh, – Berkshire Mountains uh, in western Massachusetts. 
the website is AmericanMeditation.org, AmericanMeditation.org. Uh, we have uh, classes. We have online classes every week Good. Uh, that people all over the world uh, 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 can uh, receive in real time. Uh, we have an online video uh, uh, course which contains a five-and-a-half-hour uh, video uh, of all of the uh, core curriculum contained in the Heart and Science of Yoga book. We have a retreat this summer in July. Uh, so many things. Uh, but uh, Good. The, the AmericanMeditation.org is, is uh, a great way to access us. And the book is available on Amazon, of course, Barnes & Noble, all fine booksellers, uh, The Heart and Science of Yoga, an empowering self-care program for a happy, healthy, joyful life. Leonard, you have been wonderful. I guarantee you this will be not will not be the last time you and I communicate. I am going wonderful. to be looking you up and finding how we can we can uh, how I can learn from you because boy, you've said some things today. I, of all the people I've asked, what is guru? You have defined it in a way that makes so much sense, and I am grateful to Elvis Presley as well. Ah, thank you so much for being on the show today and for keeping me calm through this little little hiccup we had. <laughs> that's fine. Hey. All right. That's right. It worked. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Thank you a lot. All right, folks. So next week we're going to have David Jackson. He is an incredible motivational speaker. Make sure you tune with tune in again and folks, make sure you go and look up Leonard at the American Meditation dot org website or go get his book uh, the Heart and Science of Yoga on Amazon.com. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Until then, let me be the first or the last to say to you, I love you. You're a man.